0: First scoreboard, the old firm through the decades.
1: Some call it the greatest derby in the world. It is certainly the game that divides a country. When Celtic play Rangers, Scotland holds its breath. It's life or death to Celtic Rangers fans. Would you have signed for Celtic? No. Would you, Peter, have signed for Rangers? No chance. Absolutely not.
2: Henrik was... Um... You know, I call him a freak of nature. You know, 242 goals in 315 games. You know, that that
1: is just freakish.
3: For me, it's the best Rangers team of all time that we were up against, and that's the biggest compliment I can pay those guys. When you walk in the doors, there's a special aura.
1: When Graham left, David Murray actually just said, what do we need here? And we all said straight away, it's that man there. Our challenge. When, when Graham Graham To put Celtic off the, the top of the league I don't care who
4: we lose it See if you would They sign for us You can't lose it With the Rangers And I gave them The world To sign for us The old firm is Beyond anything I've experienced i never seen And all that as well And you don't know How it is until You actually
2: experience It yourself
5: Each family hands down The mantle of support their particular team And that will carry on forever Super scoreboard
0: the old firm through the decades it's game day and this is the home of scottish football it's clyde one super scoreboard
6: Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we turn our attentions back to domestic football after a midweek of European action. St Mirren v Hamilton is off due to coronavirus but three big Premiership matches do go ahead. Then tomorrow it's over to Celtic and Rangers to bounce back or kick on from last week's old firm game. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me this afternoon, Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Evans.
1: The game's fighting its corner against coronavirus. Gordon, we're getting to the stage where we have to be great for games beating the virus and going ahead today, Motherwell need to get away from the foot of the table when they face Ross County. St Johnston scored five at Hamilton last weekend. They'll be looking to build on that against Dundee United. But the game of the day has to be Kilmarnock against Hibs, and a away win it takes Jack Ross's side to within one point of Celtic before Neil Lennon's team go to Aberdeen tomorrow. But Kilmarnock have won four. Of their last five That's good form, Daz
5: Yeah, very good form I'm looking forward to that, Hugh I think it'll be an absolute cracker today Motherwell just desperate to go back to Playing football uh, Good news about uh, their test yesterday coming in So we've got football up and running uh, A lot of good games And obviously looking forward to a massive uh, day tomorrow
7: mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the St Johnson-Dundee-United game St Johnson managed to get a couple of decent wins Mickey Mellon's lacking consistency But a lot of good cards also In the Championship Dundee looking to get up And running Inverness looking for their first win Some a lot of good football today
3: yeah.
6: That was Alex Ray Gordon DL And Hugh Kevens In the studio We've got the top team All around the grounds And I am in my living room How are we going to survive Between now And <laughs> six o'clock With you three Left alone In the studio
1: Larry Curley and Mo The three studios are here <laughs>
6: <laughs> Honestly It's going to be challenging But I'm sure we'll get through it together Some great games The lower leagues Of course Back Last week, we've even had some lower league fixtures falling victim uh, to the weather already this afternoon, but it's all happening. We do have some football, plenty to look forward to tomorrow as well. So strap yourselves in, we'll hear until six o'clock and of course, at five o'clock, your chance to have your say on all the big talking points on the open line. Uh, We do have the top team, I say, all around the grounds, all around the three Premiership fixtures that have survived this afternoon. Uh, let's start with the one closest to me, Motherwell against Ross County, just down the road at Fur Park. Roger Hanna is going to be keeping an
2: eye on that one. Yeah, if you adjust those blinds, Gordon, I can wave into you from a vantage point at the back of the main stand here at Fur Park this afternoon. Um, I think everyone in Motherwell, yourself included, will just be glad the local team's back to playing football again. Um, they've fallen victim to Comarnock's COVID-19 crisis and St Mirren's COVID-19 crisis in the last couple of weeks. They haven't even played a game of football since Rangers won 5-1 here back in September 27. It's amazing to think the game before that was Hapoel Beersheva in Israel in a, a Europa League qualifier. It seems like a lifetime ago. They, they've not been immune, of course, from their own COVID problems. Um, one player missing but everyone else, including the backroom team and Stephen Robinson himself, tested negative in a fresh round of coronavirus tests yesterday. And um, They don't have their problems to seek. No, Sherwin and Ricky. Lamy have both failed fitness tests they join the likes of Beavis McGabby, Liam Donnelly, Charles Dunn, Jake Carroll Scott Fox on the injured list Liam Grimshaw misses out today as well so really there's only four senior defenders left to Stephen Robinson, that means he's going back to a 4-3-3 formation that served well Well, if you like, in the past, it's Trevor Carson in goal. The back four really picks itself. Stephen O'Donnell, Declan Gallagher, Barry Maguire and Nathan McGinley. Three in midfield would be Mark O'Hara, Alan Campbell and Liam Poloff. And up top, it's Christopher Long, Tony Watt and Devante Cole. Back again at far part, this time in a permanent deal. He'll make his second debut for Motherwell and the bench. Lang, White, Hasty, Crawford, Divine, Cornelius, Hussein, Johnson, and Chapman. As for County, will they travel here off the back of three games unbeaten in the League and League Cup? They haven't lost since that game at Ibrox three weeks ago. Um, they do have young Josh Reed back after his self isolation following the COVID 19 scare with the Scotland 19s. Um, they do miss out Connor Randall, though he is suspended. They set seventh place with four points in three places above Motherwell but they have played two games more because of those games as we say will missed and they will take confidence from a 1-0 win against the Steelmen in the opening weekend of the season when Ross Stewart scored the penalty and Callum Lang was sent off in his debut so they'll go with Ross Dewan on loan from Celtic in goal Figures think it's a back three Cole Donaldson Alec Giacoviti and Tom Gravosti who'll start the game for the first time in a year after terrible injury problems across the middle Regan, Charles Cook, Charlie Lakin Ian Vigers, and Josh Reid and then up with Michael Gardine and Harry Payton supporting Ross Stewart and the bench Tremarco Shaw, Mackay O'Connor, Hilton, Kelly, Tilson, Williamson and Laidlaw. And the sun, as you can see, Gordon, is beginning to shine over Motherwell and your referee is Craig Napier.
6: Now, always does in this part of the world, Roger, but y- you pick up on an interesting knock-on effect, a side effect, if you like, of the way coronavirus is affecting football because it goes without saying the priority is the health and well-being of, of players who test positive and, of course, their club then struggle to get players on the field. But it has a knock-on effect to the opposition. You mentioned Motherwell two games in a row uh, where their opposition haven't been able to field a team. So they go into cold storage, if you like. Hamilton Ackies have had similar problems also. So we're starting to see that kind of knock-on effect where Motherwell, for instance, haven't played a game in a month.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. We're nearly at the end of October, and I think Motherwell are still in single figures in terms of Premiership games played. Um, I spoke to Stephen Robinson yesterday, and he was saying he would have liked the Kilmarnock game to have been rearranged for the midweek past. Didn't really see any reason why it couldn't be arranged for the midweek past. Motherwell didn't have a game, Kelly didn't have a game, and he's actually asking the authorities at Hamden to try and react. Just a little bit quicker, you know, get more games played quicker. The weather's good at this time of year. I know you're saying, you know, the Barton Clyde has fallen to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, looking out here at Firth Park, it's like a bowling green. The surface is absolutely tremendous. Um, no problems with the surface at Kilmarnock, as you know, either. So there's no reason why games like that couldn't be played at this time of year to try and alleviate problems further down the line.
6: And also I wonder if Stephen Robinson's frustrated if the international bounce has subsided a little bit. He had Stephen O'Donnell and Declan Gallagher such key parts of those Scotland victories. He would have been hopeful to get them back and straight into club action and and try and take that feel-good factor. So interesting to see if that has a, a lasting effect on those guys today.
2: Well, interestingly, I asked him that very question yesterday, Gordon, he said he he looked almost at it from the other point of view, he was actually quite anxious, because O'Donnell and Gallagher had both played 90 minutes, I think, in each of the three games for Scotland, you know, they they started against Israel 120 minutes in that game, started against Slovakia, started against the Czechs, he said he was actually worried about the condition they would come back in when they arrived back at third Park. and of course he didn't need to worry at all, because Motherwell didn't have a fixture. Uh, Yeah, and just looking at the teams,
6: uh, Devante Cole back in for a a second spell at Mullerwell. Always a good quiz question, Roger, when we start rhyming off uh, sons of former English Premier League winners, but he's back in there uh, for a second spell at Fir Park.
2: He is, and he was always a player I liked when he was here first time around. Um be interesting to see how the 4-3-3 works. I know Stephen Robinson, he was going with three at the back at the start of the season, um, two forwards up top. I always quite liked the way the 4-3-3 worked for Mother. I always felt the players it sort of suited, if you like. So it's Cole, it's Tony Watt, it's Christopher Long up top... I think it's interchangeable. I think you'll see a lot of rotation in that front three. Looks to me as if County are going with a back three. Tom Gravosti in there alongside Cole Donaldson and Alec Iacoviti. So it'll be interesting to see how that particular battle plays itself out this afternoon. In Ross County, Roger, uh, an example of just
6: how disjointed the start to the season has been because they've only... One one league game since the start of August, but they sit very comfortably in seventh place because we've not really got up and running. The league's not really established itself yet, and they've uh, they've, they've done enough to be sitting comfortable at the
2: moment. Yeah, they have and, and we watched them when, when they played Rangers in, in the Sunday show two or three weeks ago and, and they did okay without really you know terrorising Rangers at any stage. I always think there's a threat when Ross Stewart plays. He scored the goal from the penalty spot in the opening weekend to defeat Motherwell. Um, I think there's high hopes for Harry Payton. He's playing more of an advanced role getting closer to Ross Stewart this season. Um, Ian Vigel's always a threat when he comes back down to Firth Park as well with the set-piece delivery. He's back in the team after a suspension. So it'll just be interesting is more changes Again, one new faces coming into this team. You know, Tom Gravosti back after a year out. Charlie Lake, and I think on loan from Birmingham, only making his his second start. And I know he impressed last week, so be interesting to see just just you know how County adapt to this game and whether they can continue just to see out the season above that direct relegation zone.
6: Okay, then Motherwell against Ross County. That's our first match match-up this afternoon. Let's hear from both
8: managers, starting with the home boss, Stephen Robinson. The only way you get fitness levels. Is playing games, you, you can't recreate match fitness. We've tried, but you, you only get match fitness through playing matches. So yeah, it's a, a difficult one. We haven't had um, a lot of game time in recent recent weeks, but we've done our best. We, we've trained hard. We, you know, we've pushed the squad to the limit as much to try and recreate, as you say, that that fitness and a match environment. But nothing beats playing games. But you know, we'll, as I say, it's going to happen to everybody throughout the throughout the year, and and people will just have to deal with it and cope with it.
6: I think we've got a pretty decent record against Motherwell overall, to be honest, since since I've been managing um, at Ross County just in the games we've played. I think we've got a reasonable record against them. Um, they're a wee bit different from what we faced in the first game of the season. You know, we were used to Motherwell playing that 4-3-3 all the time and um, I think they were very well versed in their setup. So So um, there's definitely been a wee tweak to their system. They look to be using a back three, using wing-backs um, and a front pairing as it stands just now so um, it is a a little bit a different scenario from what we faced maybe at the beginning of the season
4: Um, but I still think you're going up against one of the top teams in the country in my opinion you look at their squad you look at the international players that they've got to call upon Stuart
6: Kettlewell they're looking ahead to that game between Motherwell and Ross County you've got to like the look of Kilmarnock against Hibbs two informed teams in the Scottish Premiership let's get the team news from Rugby Park with Fraser Wishart
9: yeah, you're tucked up in your living room garden Perhaps not the worst place to be For signs of autumn down here Cold breeze, dark cloud, a wee bit of rain The thermals are on for the first time of the season But I think this might just be a game to warm us all up Fourth versus fifth Two teams in really good league form Recently we talk of the big four breaking away And then the rest are fighting for, f- for fifth to twelfth but If out win today they'll be, four, they'll be their fourth league game uh, Win in a row Against St Mirne, and Livingston. They'll put them only four points behind Hibs in fourth place with a game in hand. And that game, of course, is a much talked about postponed game against Mother, which has led to an SPFL charge for Kilmarnock. And I kind of don't think the, the club are best pleased with that position. But the focus today is on football, and Hibs themselves have had a really good season so far. A win today takes them into third and at least until Aberdeen play tomorrow, but they'll be tucked in behind Rangers and Celtic. They've got a real goal threat up front. Doig and Nisbet, they usually play with two strikers this season. And sometimes the best way to play against on is with two up because uh, the artificial pitch and out real strong in the midfield with the likes of Power and Dicker. They make it difficult for teams to play it through the middle. So um, they might be able to use the pace of Boyle in wild, wide areas and Doig and Nisbet up front. At the other side, Burke, Kabamba, Kilty. You know, you get got uh, Boyle, Nisbet, Doig at the other. I think there could be goals here today because I'm looking forward to a really entertaining game to the teams unchanged come on up from the win against Livingston last week 4-3-3 Danny Rogers is in goals Zeno Ibsen Rossi Kirk Broadfoot Clever DiCamona and Callum Waters at the back in midfield Aaron Tishbola Gary Dicker and Alan Power with Chris Burke Nicky Cabamba and Greg Kilty up front the substitutes are Colin Doyle Brandon Houndstrup Ross Millen Rory McKenzie Thomas Brindley Yusuf Malumbu Mitch Pinnock Danny Whitehall and Eamon Brophy just the one change for Hibernian they go with a 4-4-2 formation 2-0-0 against Ross County last week Stevie Mallon's in for Kyle McGuinness who drops to the bench they go with Offier Marciano in goals Paul McGinn Ryan Portis Paul Harlan, and Lewis Stevenson in the back in midfield Martin Boyle Alex Gogic, Stevie Mallon and Joe Newell with the strikers Kevin Nisbet and Christian Dodge on the bench for Hibbs Dylan Barnes David Gray Kyle McGinnis, Jamie Gullen Micah Halberg, Stephen McGinn Darren McGregor Josh Doig and Stephen Elder and the referee today at Robbie Park is Mr. Colin Stephen.
6: Yeah, you look at the form of these two teams. Fraser Kilmarnock actually had a bit of a sticky start to the Premiership, if you remember, but they've now won four out of their last five league games. Now, of course, they had a bit of a a wobble in the cup there when they were under strength, but they bounced back with a three one win uh, at Livingston, and then Hibbs again taking their cup form into account as well. The Celtic game is the only defeat they've suffered in their last eight in all competitions. So you've got two really informed teams this afternoon.
9: Yeah, absolutely, I mean, you're right, it was a sticky start to the season for Kamarnock and like I uh, saying last week, there's been four or five teams that have actually been at the bottom of the table this season and Camarnock were one, I think only a couple of points in the first four or five games, but they've had a really good run recently, and, and I think the likes of Kabambas come in and began to hit a real good bit of form Greg Kilty is an interesting one, because he's a, he's a terrific lad, he's a really good player as well, but he's had terrible injury problems in the last two or three years, I remember being at a game a couple of years ago here, and it was an innocuous incident and he goes off with, a, with an ankle injury, he was out for four or five months, he looks... Fully fit, and he looks really charged up as well. Great skill, he's pacey, he's direct. So I think he's a big big part to play in Kamart and getting themselves back up the table. And you know, Alex Dyer, he's such a, a calm manager. Nothing bothers him. He doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. So when they were sitting at the bottom of the table, I'm sure he was quite calm and collected. But they've got all their key players back, Power and Dicker, as we talk about all the time as well. But on the other side, Hibs, yeah, as you said, you know, when they won, lost in the last eight, had a terrific start to the season. And they've just got a goal threat all over the park, you know, with with the likes of Stephen Mallon coming back in. That's his job, is to create and score goals. But Boyle, Doys and Nisbet in there every single week. And I think we're going to get a few goals here today. I just hope the players can get the ball down and we can have an open uh, attacking game from both sides.
6: You are Mr Goals after last week. You have <laughs> shaken off that unfair reputation that you used to have. You bring entertainment, Fraser Wisher. Let's hear from both managers starting... Uh, we're going to hear from Jack Ross, but starting with Alex Dyer.
10: We hope so. You know, we're coming against a good side, really good side. Good good manager, good team, good players. So it's a good test for us. Hopefully it'll be a good test for them as well. We feel that we, could, we can hold our own, you know, and that's what we want to do this weekend. You know, we're going give to give it our best shot, work hard like we do every week, and and hopefully the result will take care of itself. We're coming to our ground where we, we've had three good wins, you know, in a row, and we'll... we'll we're happy at the moment, so
3: we're looking forward to
4: the game. Both under Steve and now under Alex, I think they have a core group that have um, consistently produced results and know how to get points from games. they have good quality within that as well. So I think that that experience Alex has within his group and that steeliness within their character, I think, it was reflected in that performance and result at Livingston. The recent forum beyond that is also very good as well. So uh, you know we're in the midst of a really challenging run of fixtures. We've got a lot of games away from home. And a lot of tough fixtures, and this is another one off him.
6: This is us back to the round of fixtures from the opening weekend of the season. You may have noticed St Johnston against Dundee United this time at Mcdermott Park. Dave Galloway has got the team news for us there.
11: Thank you Gordon, good afternoon. These two teams haven't met here for over four years and both go into this one with plenty of confidence. The Saints have scored 14 times in the last three games in League and Cup with the Tangerines going into the second round of Premiership fixtures, sitting in sixth place and a solid defensive display meant a shutout and hard fought point against Aberdeen last weekend but such is the tightness of the table, St. Johnson would leapfrog their visitors with a victory today Let's look at the teams then for St. Johnston first up, one change for them Craig Bryson is in for Ali McCann It's a 3-4-3 for them Xander Clark in goals at the back Jason Kerr, Jamie McCart and Liam Gordon Midfield, Danny McNamara, Craig Bryson Murray Davidson and Scott Tanzer Up top, Stevie May leads the line Ably supported by David Wotherspoon and Craig Conway Substitutes, Parish, Rooney, Booth, Craig, McCann Henry, Kane and O'Halloran. A couple of changes to tell you about for Dundee United. The men coming in, Dylan Powers and Mark McNulty. Outdrop Peter Pollitt and Callum Butcher. It's Ben Segrist in goals for United. A back three of Mark Reynolds, Mark Connolly and Ryan Edwards. Midfield Luke Bolton, Ian Harks, Dylan Powers and Jamie Robson. And an impressive-looking front three of Nicky Clark, Lawrence Shankland and Mark McNulty. The subs, Mehmet, Smith, McMullen, King, Fotheringham, Apery, Nielsen, Watson and Hutchinson. And the match referee is Andrew Dallas.
6: So three big games in the Premiership this afternoon. That was Dave Galloway giving his teams ahead of St Johnston, Dundee United, Kilmarnock against Hibbs, and, of course, Motherwell taking on Ross County at Fir Park as well. Hugh Evans, lots to look forward to this afternoon.
1: Yeah, um, particularly at Rugby Park uh, I envy Fraser being there I think it has the the makings of a terrific game Well done Alec Dyer He's survived uh, problems galore With the coronavirus And uh, a shaky start to the season Four wins in their last five is terrific form Jack Ross surprised at uh, Hibs last week 0-0 draw with Ross County Uh, they want to get uh, a win under their belt it would take them to within one point of Celtic Uh, Celtic next weekend will be involved uh, in the Scottish Cup as will Hibbs Uh, so that one will go on the back burner but uh, that is the main talking point for me today Kilmarnock against the Cabbage and Ribs
6: So three big games in the Premiership. It should really have been four, but unfortunately St Mirren and Hamilton is off yet again. Uh, St Mirren struggling to get a team on the pitch due to coronavirus. This hot on the heels of the news that Kilmarnock could be facing punishment from the SPFL for their inability to fulfil fixtures as well. So clearly very worrying times. We'll get all the guys involved and we'll take a look back at some of the week's biggest talking points next.
0: Scottish Football's League Leader. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard.
6: Hugh Evans, Gordon D.L. and Alex Ray are in the studio. We've got the top team around the three big premiership matches this afternoon. Motherwell Ross County, Comarnock against Hibs and St. Johnston against Dundee United. Of course, we should have had a fourth game this afternoon, and that leads us nicely on uh, to one of the main talking points involving Scottish football at the moment, Hugh Evans oh. St Mirren against Hamilton Ackies is off. St Mirren unable to get a fit squad to fulfil this fixture. You'll remember this time last week, the game against Mullerwell was also postponed for a similar reason. Yesterday, it was announced uh, that Kilmarnock could face SPFL disciplinary action for their failure to fulfil a squad also against Mullerwell. You just wonder how we solve this and where do we go from here.
1: Well, first of all, I understand that the National Clinical Director, Jason Leach, has said today that he believes the season will go its full distance, 38 games. Now, with respect, how does he know that? This is October, winter's coming, the virus is clearly on the charge uh, and I don't know how anyone can give a guarantee that the season will go its full distance. Having said that, I also understand that St Mirren uh, have allegedly, and I underline allegedly, had a serious breach of pandemic protocols and could be in a bit of bother here. Not only for the postponement of today's game, but for other things that have gone on. So that is for the SPFL to investigate and to decide. We are a part of society, the virus is there, football has to contend with it, we have to cross our fingers and hope that the season does run the distance Gordon because we had civil war last March when we went into lockdown and we will certainly have civil war again if there's any potential for the season having to be curtailed.
6: Yeah, yeah, Alex Ray and Gordon DL, you're in the mm-hmm. studio. It goes without saying that it seems like every week we've got a fixture. Maybe that's just yeah. me exaggerating. It just kind of feels that way at the moment that we're struggling to get through a week without either a, you know, a League Cup game or, or a Premiership match being I, called off.
5: I don't think you're exaggerating, Gordon. I just think that's the way that uh, the things are just now. I think that's the way it's going to be uh, every single week. Um, I think every club, and you heard the will manager talking about it, Uh, I like the fact that Brian Rice Is coming out and saying Look we fought so hard to get Football back up and running We have to just accept What's thrown in front of us I think we've just got to take Each case individually Gordon I don't think there's a big panic Just now about People are saying well If we You know Call off games And then how do we fit the games in I think that With the size of the squads In these bubbles and the Premier League teams If we have to go to Three, four games a week. There's no crowds. There's nothing there to 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 worry about. Players. I, I think it happened to Rangers in the, the two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, when they when they had to step up and play so many games in so many many days. I think that's a, a situation that it might be in the horizon. Similar, yeah. Yeah, of course it is, Alec. But the most important thing is every week we've got to try and keep football going. Now, as Hugh said about St Mirren and Kilmarnock, that's up to the authorities to deal with that. But every club are doing their very, very best to keep everybody safe. But we're fighting a virus here, which is yeah. very difficult.
7: Yeah, I agree with what the guys are saying, Gordon, in terms of, you know, it seems to be every week. Uh, we're going to have to deal with this at the moment. And I think it's going to be ongoing as well because of the nature of the virus now there's obviously investigations into certain As Hugh just alluded to a minute ago If you have broken protocol For me you should forfeit the fixture But the suggestions that a 3-0 should be mandatory Hugh oh. uh, potentially going forward I don't see that happening That For me that's not fair Because you know There'll be clubs who have bigger squads as well You can actually carry a lot more players And then the smaller clubs will get punished even more
1: We come to one dilemma here Gordon And that is that the SPFL have canvassed uh, all the clubs uh, asking for their views on the matter of whether or not games should be forfeited and also asking them for a third time to empower the SPFL board to decide what should happen if the season is forced into closure. Once again, self-interest will determine what clubs say about that uh, Self-interest was at the core of everything that went on last March and it will be again if the virus worsens and the season has to be curtailed. Uh, I don't envy anyone having to try and come up with a plan, a contingency plan, if this season has to be curtailed because the willingness is not there to empower the SPFL board. Put bluntly, no one trusts anyone in Scottish football
6: well, Neil Doncaster says there is a, a growing willingness, whether it, it's enough or not, we'll find out. And, and hopefully it, it doesn't get to that stage. If we limit ourselves, for the purposes of this discussion, to these individual games that are being postponed, Roger Hanna, where, where do we go from here? Because I mentioned Kilmarnock facing potential disciplinary action. Celtic and Aberdeen were fined earlier in the season. Um, reports in, I think it was the Mail, amongst others this morning, suggesting uh, that St Mirren could be... In a bit of bother, so not wanting to, to prejudge any of that, but, but Gordon DL said a minute ago, you know, clubs are doing their best, but I suppose this is the point of these investigations to find out, well, are clubs actually doing their best? Are, are players doing their best? And if they're not, and that leads to a situation where you cannot fulfil your fixture,
2: then you may well forfeit the match. Yeah, 100% And, and listen, we have been the first ones jumping up and down with the SPFL If they weren't properly investigating this Now, Gordon's right, you know, we, we tend to act and show in good faith we, we believe all clubs are doing it properly We believe all players are doing it properly But when there are positive tests I think it's incumbent on in the authorities just to investigate mm-hmm. Just as a belt and braces of nothing more, Gordon To make sure that, in fact, that the clubs and the players actually are following the protocols that they should do I think you know we tend to look as well at a broad brush, and you know everything's a 3 0 forfeiture. That shouldn't necessarily be the case in my book. I think we should look at all of these and their individual merits because each of the cases has been. Very different. You look, I think this is now the fourth time St Mirren have been involved. There was the, the the seven positive tests, six turned into false positives of the staff. There was then the three goalkeepers. There was then the one last week that forced the Motherwell game off. There's a fresh one this week that forced the Hamilton game off. Of course, the SPFL has to investigate St Mirren. They, they feel duty-bound to investigate Kilmarnock as well. And if there are breaches of protocol then you know the, the clubs will have to face whatever consequences they are. But uh, going back to the start of the conversation, I don't know how Jason Leach can sit there and say the season will finish. You know, I'm trying to message him just now. While he's got his crystal ball out, I'm going to ask for tonight's lottery numbers because two days ago he was warning us we'd have a digital Christmas and you'd have to FaceTime your mum and show her her presents. Now he's telling us we'll get the Premiership finished in May. No one knows what's happening with COVID No one knows if we'll get the season finished And no one knows when the next game to fall Will happen But there will be games falling Fraser Wisher, what's your take on it?
6: Because I'm sure you've are, you you've got a, a slightly different angle on it Being very much focused on On the well-being of the players And how tough this is on them Because I don't think it should be lost at, they, They're humans like everyone else And it, it is difficult to keep up with With various restrictions How do we find a balance then With, with, with all this stuff?
9: Well, I think we've pretty much got a balance I think the system that's been put in place has put, as uh, I've said it week in, week out the, the amount of work that's gone on and uh, all clubs, but you know you're looking at Kilmarnock here or St Myrna or Motherwell where there's not a lot of staff and uh, the people have put in place real protocols and, and as far as I know the players are, are, are following those now, what do you do? Do you lock players down? Do you just say to them you can come to training, go home and never go out for the next 12 months? You know, they have lives they have other family members and it's all been discussed Can pick up from anywhere, you know, as can the rest of us, you know, and Gordon, you're in isolation. So, not naively, but innocently, you've been been in close contact with somebody who's got it. So, players are no different. Now, if clubs have breached protocols, etc., then that's a different matter. I'm totally against. The 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 three 0 and uh, and the wording in the game the other way that just opens mm-hmm. up a huge can of worms and you look at things retrospectively and you look at Aberdeen and Celtic and people start to see why were they treated differently from so and so the football should be on the park you know so if they are actually taking against clubs as was happened with, with Aberdeen and Celtic then that's the way you should look at it in, in terms of maybe monetary value but no I'm not for taking points off clubs, Mm. especially 3-0, because goal difference might count as well. And then you get Mm. yourself into an awful mess. I do agree with Stephen Robinson. I thought he made a really, really good point during the week. Can we speed these things up? Football takes ages to investigate things. This game, Muller versus uh, Kilmarnock. If If we get a clear situation where we decide... No, we're not going to take points off clubs. We're not going to make it a 3-0 victory. There'll be other sanctions if they if they've breached it. Then you can play the game, but we're waiting for the investigation to go through before we can actually play the game. And the yeah. weather's quite good just now. This game could be played last midweek, Muller will against Como, but it can't until investigations taking place. So, I think that's something the authorities need to look at. Fraser do you wonder, regret uh, sorry
6: here. I was just I want to, sorry here. I want to pick up on something Fraser said because this is what we're going to hear a lot from fans. Uh, and you mentioned you know about why were Aberdeen and Celtic treated differently, but I wonder if they actually were because we're talking about clubs who are unable to fulfill fixtures because and, and by the way, let, let me kind of put that word in there allegedly. I, I'm not saying that any particular club has, but but let's speak let's speak hypothetically. if players breach protocols and then the club cannot fulfill the fixture, is that not entirely different from what happened with Celtic and Aberdeen? Because as much as Ball and Golly, we know, breached protocol, as did the Aberdeen players, that didn't cause the clubs to be unable to fulfil their fixtures. It just so happens that the Scottish Government stepped in and we got a bit of a slap in the wrist and sent to the naughty step. So I wonder if we're confusing two
9: things that actually aren't the same. No, th- what I was saying was that that's what fans will start to look at. That's what fans it will start make it right to say, well, oh, why were they treated differently? You know, I'm, I'm not saying that that, uh, that uh, what the punishments for Aberdeen and Celtic were wrong. I, I don't know the ins and outs of the case against the clubs. I, I was involved with the players and, and represented them, but I'm just saying to you that you, you get yourself into a real mess if you start to do things like taking points off off, off clubs and their awarding victories. There is a situation here where we are in a, a serious position, a serious crisis. Uh, that this, this virus is a can you see it, you can you smell it, you don't know where it is, but it's going it's killing people. So we have got football playing we need to keep going uh, I see Wasps rugby team they're playing a big final they've got 11 players out Cristiano Ronaldo f- failed a, a test during the week as well so he's he's got it again players are going to pick it up we need to keep going and I go back to uh, I think I was on on Friday when the three St goalkeeper goalkeepers was on the show uh, all tested positive and people were saying get the game off I said no get it on we have to get the game on games on where possible because there are situations like today when we can't get the game on because the health board's closing down but in football sense get the games on and let's just review where we are. But I think we have to try and investigate these things much, much quicker and come to decisions so we can replay these games when when we've got
1: time in midweek. Fraser, to go back to the point I was going to make there, fans will say, well, why weren't the rules put in place before the season started? Is that unfair on the SPFL? As you say, things have to be judged on their individual merits. Was it impossible to put strict rules in place we knew about the virus we've known about it for many months now and when football re-emerged could rules have been put in place or is that unfair on the SPFL
9: it depends on what you talk about the SPFL if you talk about uh, you know, the, the people that work for the SPFL I think it's a bit unfair but uh, if it's the clubs then perhaps not because remember I used you put it very eloquently earlier on uh, Hugh. it's the clubs that make the rules, it's the clubs that decide everything and clubs don't like regulation, they don't like it at all and they'd rather not have it and leave it on a kind of case by case basis I, I think a bit of clarity here could be had amongst the clubs to say are they willing to, to have as an option because it goes to an independent commission, it's nobody within the SPFL decides on, an independent judge sits as well, but are they willing to have as an option uh, taking the points off a club in a 3-0 victory and if they say no take that off the table and we can then get on with playing football because we can replay the games while the case is ongoing. Now I think that's a, that's a decision that can be taken by the clubs themselves very, very yeah. quickly. So you take that punishment off the table, let's go on to playing the games and allow the, the investigations to take place and what our punishments are in place are, are decided by an independent panel. Let me put it to you then, Roger. Fraser's pretty clear.
6: Um, he doesn't think that forfeitures or, or whatever it may be um, is, a, is an appropriate way to go. What's your own take on it? If investigations find that players have not followed protocol and that then causes a club to be unable to fulfil the fixture should they get the chance to replay that fixture at a later date
2: Um, I I have trouble Gordon when rules change mid-season as you said if a rule had been put in place Mm -hmm. before a ball was kicked on the 1st of August and they're the rules for the season lads that, that, you know, if you breach these rules if you do this or that, then this is the penalty then the, the clubs and the players would have no comeback really, it, it grates with me a wee bit that now, three months into the season almost, they're, they're talking about changing rules and not quite making it up as they go along, but you, you know what I mean so uh, I would tend to think that you know I don't like the 3-0 forfeiture, I don't know where they get the 3-0 from, as Fraser said goal difference, could, you know, can, can play big at the end of the season, whether the season's curtailed or not, so I'm a big one for investigating these instances, treating them all in the merits, looking at any breaches, if there are breaches, and punishing clubs and or players, that could take the form of a fine for the club and a suspension for the player, but I do think that, you know, the likes of St Mirren v Hamilton today, I'm uncomfortable with the thought of Hamilton getting a 3-0 victory, Um, great sympathy for Brian Rice at the start of the season he could, had it not been for the Scottish Government have gone and taken on an Aberdeen team that was missing 8 players when the game was replayed in midweek Aberdeen were at full strength and Hamilton were missing 7 players so uh, Hamilton have really been the victims of that individual case but I'm not comfortable with a 3-0 I think we should look at them all and judge them individually and then look at any potential punishments Alex, I feel like you were trying to come in. Yeah, well,
7: I totally agree with Roger in terms of changing the rules halfway, a a, a third of the way through the season almost, Gordon. And when you look at that, I think it's totally wrong to then implement things now where people may well have got off uh, prior to that. That goes back to the point I keep mentioning with Hugh, and we've mentioned for months now, Hugh, about actually getting some sort of mechanism now the SPFL are now canvassing clubs to try and get something in place for a potential that we don't get this season up, uh, whether it's a percentage, 70%, 60%, whatever it may well be. Yeah. But we're so far down the road. Why was this not all addressed a lot sooner? Even We, we, we might not be able to get up and running for the start, but the longer this goes on, Gordon. So if we go in another yeah. seven, eight, nine games, we're halfway through the season and nobody knows what the outcome's going to be and it could be potential uh, madness similar to last year again, and, and for yeah. me it's been too much uh, kind of animosity between the clubs.
6: I mean, we're we're talking about you know curtailment of a season though. In terms of individual games, Alex, you mentioned, yep. and by the way, I, I'm not saying that it would make it right, but you say that teams may well have have got away with it in the past, but but we haven't had any examples of that because the games that have been yep. f- that have been abandoned because of a failure to fulfil a fixture because of a f- failure to provide a fit squad. Those so, investigations are all are all still op- open, so there wouldn't be anyone that's got away with it in the past.
7: Yeah, I was actually just meaning the the two earlier ones gone, on. and I take your point as it was uh, different circumstances. But we're actually kind yeah. of going from side to side here about what what the outcomes are going to be. Uh, if someone is breached, I still think it'd be very harsh uh, if one player or maybe two players had actually breached the protocol that your whole team have to pay that price for that. Uh, again, if it was actually implemented earlier on, as Roger says, then you know. That, that is the price You're going to yeah. pay So we're, you know You're kind of playing Catch up all the while Here Gordon
6: Okay we'll leave it there Thanks to the guys uh, I'm sure that one Will bubble on I'm certain That we've not heard The last of it But we do have Three big premiership games This afternoon So we will go back Around the grounds next
0: The fastest goals The expert opinions This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard
6: one Super Scoreboard on a Saturday afternoon. Hugh Keevans, Gordon Diel, and Alex Ray are in the studio. The top team are all around the grounds. Three big matches in the Premiership this afternoon. Don't forget, in case you've fallen into the habit, the lower leagues are now back. Match day two in the lower leagues. We've even got the uh, some of the, the junior ranks, if you like. I know they're not called that anymore. The West of Scotland league starts today. I know that will affect many of you locally as well. So a lot more football for us to be getting our teeth into these days. It's been a a difficult few months, but great to have more and more teams, more and more divisions back involved this afternoon. Let's stick with the Premiership for the meantime. We'll go back around the grounds. Kilmarnock against Tibbs. It does have a game-of-the-day feel to it, you have to say. Both sides in great form. Fraser Wishart is keeping an eye on things at Rugby Park. And even the individuals that you've got on show there, Fraser, I am pretty jealous of you being able to see some of these guys up close and see what they're capable of. For the home side, you've got Benjamin Button. Chris Burke and Nicky kabamba they're both on four <laughs> goals each this season on the other side Kevin Nisbet what, what a sensation he's been perhaps one of the signings of the summer joint top scorer in the division um, you know, there's a lot to like about the personnel on show today
9: yeah there certainly is and uh, even Stevie Mallon's come back into the burning team in, in the midfield so they might even play a diamond rather than a 4 to try and get Stevie Mallon in, in, in attacking areas as well and, and I think that Nisbet's benefited from playing up front with Christian Deutsch you know he, he's a kind of complicated player if feel like I don't know how to describe him because sometimes he can be hot sometimes he can be cold but he's a, he's a real strong player up front and he can take the pressure off Nisbet and allow Nisbet to play around him and I think that's been a real key for for a in That and that there's a pace of Martin Boyle in the in the wide areas. I think for Hibs they might uh, maybe just go back to the front a wee bit more. And it's not long ball, but maybe hit the strikers earlier. Because I said uh, before, the success has been based for Kilmarnock around Steve Clark and and Alec a kind of 4 5 is 4 451, 433 formation, but strong a Dicker, power in the midfield. They kind of force you to play into the mid in the middle of the park and then Dick and Power are all over you in that midfield area. So that's why I'm thinking they might just be playing the, the diamond to try and get Stevie Mallon further forward to play off the two strikers. But uh, whatever happens, I do think I'm going to get goals. You said earlier I was at uh, Hamilton against St. Johnson last week. Didn't expect them, but got eight. I, I think there could be it could be three or four goals in this. But I, I do think that Hibs will just have the edge. They've got a real strong look about them, settled look about their team. Portis and uh, Hanlon warming up in front of me as well, strong at the back. Jack Ross has put together a good side and and they know a win today and a point behind Celtic.
6: And what about Christian Deutsch, Fraser? You mentioned him there. He's had to play second fiddle in the goal-scoring stakes to Kevin Nisbet. The poor guy's stuck on 99 professional goals. He just needs one more to get off his backside to get the 100. But at the moment he's standing aside and letting Kevin Nisbet get all the goal-scoring plaudits.
9: He, he is, uh, he's a really good lad, Christian, as well, and uh, you know, Jack Ross always prides himself in, in getting good professionals and good types into his squad, and he didn't need to with Christian Doidge because he's, he's a good guy around the dressing room, and, and uh, he'll be as delighted as anybody that Kevin Nisbet has done well, but as you say, he just won't, that one we half chance, he won a, a ball, two yards from goal, open goal, just to tap it into the back of the net, and for somebody... Deutsch has played a lot of, a lot of uh, football in the lower leagues down in England. You know, that's a great achievement to to get to 100 goals, and he uh, might just get there today. Uh,
6: Roger, Hannah, Hanna. a few things to discuss with you before we actually talk about what's happening on the field. One of the photographers from a, a well-known photo agency has sent me a real close-up, high-resolution picture of Gordon Yell's cardboard cutout at Firth Park. It's even more terrifying than I thought when you see it in in all its uh, multicolored glory. It really is quite something.
2: Oh, it's without doubt, and it's amazing, you know, once the fans come back in, I think the club are intending to to keep it there, Um, (laughs) just to mark Gordon's presence at Firth Park, it's, um, it's now become a kind of local tourist attraction. Um, and you know, people every time you know, the media come in, they, they gather around it for a look. He's looking resplendent, and he's number nine, white away top. So, um, and I, I know he's with me here in spirit. I know he's in studio today, but he's asked for score updates as soon as they go in. He's, he's you know, it's and there's something sad, you know, we always want the supporters back in the grounds, and it's particularly poignant when you he arrive here and you he see his season ticket seat yeah. lying, lying empty here in the main stand.
6: Yeah it's hard to see and it never let it be said that I put my personal needs ahead of what's going on in the show but can you find somebody to come up here and fix my pay per view stream for Motherwell Ross County because I'm having serious difficulties here and I'm trying to concentrate on speaking to you guys and sort this out at the same time and it's doing me no favours but if you could just do that and send somebody up that would be much appreciated.
2: <laughs> I told you five past two just just spin that chair round and open the blinds you'll be able to look in over the, over the stand at the far no, side.
6: I'm close I'm close I'm not that close though on a serious note on the field at the moment, momentum. We always talk about these types of things, Roger. That the stop-start nature of Motherwell's season. How keen will Stephen Robertson be to get the three points at home this afternoon? Because they've, they've slipped up on a couple of what you would describe as winnable games at home. They lost at home to Hamilton Ackies, They lost at home to Dundee United. They drew at home to Livingston. They've then had this layoff because the opposition teams um, have been unable to play the games. Like you mentioned, the last game they did have at home is against a very good Rangers side that ended up uh, giving them a good doing. So I'm sure Steven Robinson will be desperate just for a a run of games and, and as far as he's concerned, a run of positive performances.
2: this game he could well be manager in a month and a 100% record, but it, I mean it's ridiculous to think, Liverpool <laughs> have lost 8 goals in their last 2 games, you know f- 5 against Rangers and 3 against Harperwell shaver and then normally a team that loses 8 goals in 2 games, you know, they're nervous, they're anxious they're worried when they come onto the pitch, it's been so long ago that really has all forgotten so it's almost like a first day of the season I know they played County in the first day of the league season back at the start of August, it has that start of the season feel about it again at third part this afternoon um, eight players out You count them all up for Motherwell I a setback defensively They really are down to the bare bones Although you, you feel silly saying that Because it's, it's two Scotland defenders And Stephen O'Donnell and Declan Gallagher But young Barry Maguire's back there at centre half I believe Nathan McGinley Who's still settling into his Motherwell career there At left back So it'll be fascinating to see whether They're fresh, they're at it, they're ready to go Or whether there is a staleness there Just because they haven't played together Stephen Robinson was saying yesterday They've tried bounce games but they're just not the same. And I think he'll be a lot more content 20 minutes in if he's seen that his team are ready to go toe to toe with County, just fitness wise.
6: Uh, yeah, in the third Premiership game this afternoon, Gordon D. Ellis St Johnston against Dundee United. Now, n- never underestimate the, the impact that this guy can have. On the afternoon of the 10th of October, mm-hmm. St. Johnson had scored six goals all season long. Couldn't find the back of the net for love nor money. They then came up against Breakin, score seven, follow up with a five at Ackies. They've now got 12 in their last two. It's the Mark Wilson effect.
5: Yeah, uh, Stevie May certainly owes uh, Mark Wilson uh, a Christmas hamper. There's no doubt of that. Uh, uh, look, Stevie May is a very good player. But he's judged on his goals and he hadn't been scoring goals, Gordon. Now, what I think he's changed in his game this season, as a striker, and I was... I hate to say this, I wasn't the most hard-working striker. I like to play between the, the, the width. The yeah. Yeah, the, the width of the box. 18 yard box. I, I, I hated taking into Wide areas Where you thought It's going to take I've A got wonder a run in goal that, yeah. yeah I've got to Take a wonder goal Because you're a goal scorer Alec Right <laughs> that's what you're paid Everybody doesn't think Of me as the most skillful, But the, They call me prolific the two Because world, I scored goals
1: The two words Model professional Are coming to mind here yeah. For, yeah. For no, for but, but, to but
5: it is true Because if you look At Stevie May Now um, Hugh He's changed his game because he's not doing all that Running away Charging and about, yeah char- Exactly And when the ball comes to him In those dangerous areas and now He's sharp And he's getting on the end of things And he's in a position he can score I think we'll definitely uh, Dave Galloway will get goals there Certainly You know, you've got guys at Dundee and I That can bang them in as well St Johnston uh, Fraser watched last week But the one thing they can do is concede them so I think uh, Dave Galloway's got an absolute crap. I think we've got a good fixture list today. Okay. The three games look exciting.
6: Yeah, definitely St Johnston against Dundee United, uh, Comarnock up against Hibs at Rugby Park and Motherwell up against Ross County at Fir Park as well. Plenty to get excited about in the lower leagues. We had championship football last night. We had a good win for the Scotland women's national team last night as well. And like I say, the likes of the West of Scotland League, it's been a really disrupted start to life for that competition, but that gets underway today, so if your team's involved or Obviously you can't get out to the game, maybe uh, you've got family members playing, you're streaming the games, whatever it may be, get in touch and let us know what you're witnessing this afternoon. We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB, and the 3 o'clock kickoffs are coming up next.
0: It's Clyde 1, Super Scoreboards Open Line, 0141 951 1025.
6: Hugh Evans, Gordon DL and Alex Ray are here and they want to take your calls. So what did you make of today's football? What are you thinking ahead of tomorrow's football? Let's do it all, 01419511025 in the phones, at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Here is what you've missed this afternoon. If you're just joining us in the Scottish Premiership, it finished Comarnock Nil Hibbs 1, Motherwell four, Ross County nil and St. Johnston nil, Dundee United nil in the championship. Allowa won, Dunfermline four, Dundee one, Morton nil, Inverness one, Air United one, and Queen of the South two, Wraith Rovers five. In Scottish League one, East Five two, Montrose two, Falkirk one, Forfar 4, one, Partick Thistle 2, Airdrie 1, and Peterhead 0, Cove Rangers 2. In Scottish League 2, Annan 1, Stringrar, 1, Edinburgh City 0, Cowdenbeath 1, Elgin City 3, Brecon City 0, Queen's Park 2, Albion Rovers 0, and Stenhousemuir 2, Stirling Albion 2. In the English Premier League, it finished West Ham 1, Man City 1, and Fulham 1, Crystal Palace 2. Uh, Hugh Kevens, what have we. Seen What have we witnessed today And how does that set us up for tomorrow
1: Well um, We've witnessed a very good model result uh, Not having played for Such a long time Through no faults of their own They've come back in great style Scored four goals uh, Hibs have got away with one today I can't help but feel It was never a penalty But the referee has been conned And he's given it And Kevin Nisbet At least made a very very fine job Of the penalty And Dundee United For the second weekend in a row A goalless draw Uh, I think we can Anticipate Far more excitement And goals Tomorrow When Celtic go to Aberdeen And Livingston go to Ibrox
6: uh, I've got absolutely no idea how you pronounce this gentleman's Twitter name Trounco, or something along those lines has brought this to my attention. It's not often that I mention results from elsewhere uh, out with Scotland, but you might like this one. There's 81 minutes gone in a match in the Eredivisie between Venlo and Ajax and with 81 minutes on the clock, the score is Venlo 0, Ajax 12. Oh, damn. <laughs> 12. I don't see any way back Alex mm,
7: No there's no chance of that But uh, listen that's an absolute do you've got to feel For the players as well It must be one of the worst days Ever dad What was your highest as?
1: Loss? Defeat? Six was uh, nine as
5: a, as a player? Yeah Um Yeah five six yeah Oh so
1: If that result <laughs> anyway, had happened here They would have said Oh Mickey Mouse League in Scotland Well we so. had a ten <sighs> A few
7: years ago didn't we? Do you remember at Morton?
1: Uh,
6: 10-2 though that was wasn't it yep. The, the Ackies game yep. um, Hearts put a few past Cowdenbeath kind of Anyway We're getting distracted Alex It's open line time Uh, Big games today And big games at the top tomorrow
7: Yeah absolutely Hibs going to third place now Gordon With that controversial penalty Which won't uh, bother Jack Ross Good result for your team Motherwell St Johnson, Dundee United Struggling Gordon But as you rightly say I expect some real action tomorrow
5: yeah, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow, Gordon. Uh, I think all eyes will be on the early kickoff. Aberdeen Celtic, lot of people, and one or two in here maybe fancying. Uh, an upset? Uh, well, I would call it an upset. I just think that Celtic um, will go up there with a point to prove. They've got to go and win the game, you know, and still keep that sort of a pressure hopeful pressure because you can't really see Rangers slipping up Ibrox against Livingston so they've got to go up and do the business I think that'll be an absolute cracker well, and all you boys are saying the same and Derek McInnes will be feeling the exact same as you guys this is the best time to get Celtic we're at home we've scored four goals against Hamilton Aquis but I don't think you're right off a team of Celt- like Celtic too it's quickly.
7: A, it's important, as you know, that you know the importance of putting pressure onto the team who's playing later on. So Celtic will, as you rightly say, they're bigger up They trying to get the maximum points Correct.
6: Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five Celtic fans, what would you do with the team tomorrow? There was a number of changes as the game went on during the week that seemed to improve things so who should start at Pataudry how do you see that game going Rangers fans will preview Rangers Livy as well let's start with some of today's action though on the phones Aaron is a Motherwell fan from Wishaw what did you make of that today Aaron you must be delighted
12: hey I am I'm dead pleased with the result because we've not had a game for weeks so I'm away to KFC for a a celebration Oh, quite right. Treat yourself what you ordered him.
5: <laughs> what you ordered him? Um,
6: a, <laughs> a boneless banquet. He's a man of great taste. Oh, not only his not football team, man. but his his
12: choice a of fast food as well. A the amount of chicken.
5: Oh what a
2: Saturday <laughs> oh, you're oh, having. You're Aaron. Dream, son, you're what dream.
5: a Saturday you're having. But I've got to say, I do agree it could have went the other way and they could have been sort of uh, you know, off the pace Because I hadn't played for so long. I just thought it was a. We don't want breaks Of course we don't But the break was there for Motherwell I thought it was a good opportunity For a manager, coaching staff To get really into the players Working a few things Get their confidence going again That's a very good result today A clean sheet and four goals And joy of
6: Aaron, because it's been such a disrupted few weeks How, how hopeful are you That that's the sort of kickstart of a a regular run of of games and and maybe a good run of form as well.
12: Sorry, sure,
6: like? how how hopeful are you, Aaron? That's the start of a a good run of form. What what pleased you today that makes you think this is the the start of good things?
12: I the the four goals more than anything because it's not no often Muller will of score more than one. Yes, that's a fair
6: point. Uh, Hugh evens the nature of the wind, score four, and then a clean sheet at the other end with a makeshift defence, you have to say, on a number of levels because decimated by injury, there was a positive coronavirus test as well, remember, and then you lose your, your first choice goalkeeper during the game, so to, to score four at one end and, and not concede any... Um, a, a good afternoon for Stephen Robinson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's no downside to what is taking place today. Four different goal scorers as well. Uh, so a very positive afternoon, uh, and a positive night to come for Aaron. God,
7: when you look at the the form, the recent form, it's actually four wins and a draw in the last eight. When you factor in Rangers, Beresheva, and Aberdeen away, so I think you'll be quite happy. And when you yeah. look at the the, the the all the goal scorers as well, you know you've got Cole, the boy Langs, decent as well. Harris pitched in And then you've got Tony Watts going through. So, you know when you Mix it about It generates confidence
6: uh, Yeah Gordon That's an important Factor as well Devante Cole comes back A second debut mm-hmm. Scores Tony Watt has Probably been the The sort of Regular starter Of the strikers Recently he scores But then Callum Lang comes off the Bench and, and scores as well
5: Yeah it's a bonus For the Motherwell Manager It's a bonus for Motherwell They've obviously Worked very hard At it when they've Had the opportunity Doing a bit on the Training ground Gordon And it's paid dividends this afternoon Um, I think the big important thing also Not just the fact they've scored four We always say get a clean sheet They've lost their goalkeeper just now Hopefully he'll be okay But they had to play the second half without Trevor Carson So I think that's been a terrific three points And something for Motherwell to really go and build on now
6: Aaron I think the question on everybody's lips here is Are you a beans or gravy man? (laughs)
12: <laughs> Definitely gravy
6: Can it be a bit Aaron? He's Definitely a... gravy he's, he's, That's he's the best question
7: you've ever asked, asked
6: <laughs> oh. I have set the bar pretty low oh, On no a serious way. note Aaron Before we let you go what, what are you expecting from Motherwell this season Aaron? Because a lot of people still look at the squad and say Right it's been a, a difficult start but But they'll come good Where would you expect Motherwell to finish this season?
12: I think it's the same as any season I think if we can get into the top 6 It's a positive for them a Like given the budget And the size of the club as well yeah. Compared to like, your hearts and your Hibs and Aberdeens I think yeah,
1: there's a I pattern think That, that, that there, sounds right Hugh There's a pattern emerging for me There's a top 4 Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs uh, Or I should say Rangers, Celtic, Hibs and Aberdeen Because Hibs have uh, leapfrogged Aberdeen By virtue of that win today the top 4 and a bottom 8 for me um and if you're uh, as long as you're away from 11th and 12th place uh, that'll do you i just think the the, the top 4 mm. are way above the rest and that there's a definite pattern emerging now yeah. they, they're pulling if away the ca-
6: if that's the case gordon and alex mm. um and we're getting majorly ahead of ourselves But that's fine sometimes If that's the case Then there are there are two spots up for grabs In the top Absolutely. six then If, if he was right Would you back Motherwell To, to be one yeah, of the sides I would There or thereabouts Come the end of the season
5: Yeah, yeah looking at the squad uh, It's all your luck as well And the fact of You know, staying away from injuries Suspension, obviously um, The virus that we're fighting just now So you need a bit of luck on your side But looking at the squads Looking at the teams I don't see... Like say, Ross County I know that they suffered a, a sore one at Far Park I don't see Livingston, St Johnson, St Mirren, Hamilton Being big threats Kilmarnock are a decent side Dundee United for me I don't know You know, the, f- the style of football They're playing's not very good now. They're not scoring goals They've got goal scorers in the team Not creating chances I just feel motherwell If they can build on this today They've got a great opportunity Hopefully by the end of the season be in that top six I've no doubt of that
7: Yeah, alright Aaron uh, so, enjoy so, I, I agree with that Gordon see when you look at the firepower have just mentioned then you've got guys like Declan Gallagher, Mugabe Lamy, Grimshaw uh, O'Donnell uh, uh, right back you factor yeah. all that and they've got a real good basis to their team
6: Alright Aaron, enjoy the chicken, thanks for giving <laughs> us a call tonight That was the colonel from Wisher on the phone Just letting us know what he thought of his team's performance He's in fire what a, wild oh, night. what a wild night he's got and By the way, do, do, do the honest honest truth of this I, I can see into the kitchen That there are chicken wings getting put on for my dinner As well Yeah, Not of the fast food variety Though I must admit that's a bit of a shame uh, Ajax have now scored a 13th goal <laughs> oh. if, if you're keeping an eye on that one Definitely no way back now Thirteen uh, nil to Ajax as we close in <sighs> on the end of that one. Aaron dialed is there on oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Let's bring in Jerry. Uh, we'll look ahead for the first time to Aberdeen against Celtic tomorrow. How are you feeling ahead of that one, Jerry?
12: Uh, hi, Gordon. Um, I'm going forward to it. I think you know you want to get the players out there. They're playing well. I uh, not playing well, but get them. Just getting back playing football after a couple of bad weeks. Can I just take a very quick point? No, Gordon, this, this has not been a great week if you're a Celtic fan or a Celtic player. There's one positive for Celtic, actually. And this may sound a strange thing, but it's actually the performance of Alfredo Morelos. If you want to talk about Incham and Edward having checked out at Celtic, that's absolutely fine. No one could deny anymore that Morelos has completely gone at Rangers. He has checked out completely. doesn't want to be there. And it's good for Celtic because they were never going to get £20 million from him anyway and if he's not literally and figuratively pulling his weight then the money he's on he may very well cause Jerry, in the subscription Jerry, Jerry. Let,
6: let 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 me let me get this straight in a week in which you have just been beaten at home by your closest rivals and fallen behind them in the league and followed up with a defeat in Europe the thing that's keeping you warm is the form or lack of from Alfredo Morelos
12: well, yeah, but God, like I say, I know I'm clutching the straws here, but. <laughs> yeah, course now, you are. Really, Jerry? <laughs> six goals, six goals this calendar year. Last year he was a top class player, but he has checked out completely at Rangers, and even Alex can't deny that anymore. Yeah, what's, the, what's the top scorer,
7: point? Jerry, at Celtic so far this season? What's the top? No, but, yeah, yeah, like, just to out of curiosity. Look, me,
12: I'm not talking about the Celtic players, I'm talking about Morelos. Yeah. He has completely checked out. Yeah, it's just they five, go-
7: yeah, they five goals don't count then, and playing at that level he's doing so. He's been involved in uh, well, all the recent so games
12: since January, Alex. I think, that's a, I think that's a bit of a concern. But nevertheless, I might talk about Neil Lennon and the Celtic coaches. Um, Gavin Strachan. Before he got the job at Celtic, I didn't even know he existed as a human being. And let me explain to that way. I didn't know Bob Strachan had any children. So what does that say about his accomplishments in the game? If I didn't even know he existed as a Jerry, human being,
1: Jerry. I Do have, I have I say, to
12: say. I'm sorry. I
1: have to say. Can you let me finish, please. I, no, I have to say. I think you're embarrassing yourself. You know, to come really on right. to come on and say I didn't know Gordon Strachan had children, and then say so therefore how does he qualify to be a coach at Celtic? You're you're absolutely embarrassing yourself because yeah, Celtic. Sure
12: you, did you not embarrass yourself when Craig White was a billionaire? I think Celtic, you think you're
1: embarrassing yourself? Uh, yeah. no, I beg you, I beg your pardon. I didn't write that. I know the the reporter that you you're after, but it's not me. Um, you're embarrassing yourself. Remember that Celtic employed Gavin Strachan, Neil Lennon must have been part of the process before Gavin Strachan was brought to the club. Um, Peter Lawwell, the chief executive, Dermot Desmond even. um, I think you embarrass yourself and you insult uh, Gavin Strachan by making a banal remark of that nature because you didn't know that Gordon Strachan had children. Therefore, the child that he does have, who's at Celtic Park, has no capabilities. How do you arrive at that?
6: Jerry, I'm interested in in digging a bit deeper into this. Criteria for being a good coach is that you have to have heard of them, because I'm I'm going to guess that you hadn't heard of, say, Chris Davies when he came up as Brendan Rodgers' number two, and he didn't do too badly. So, I'm not sure whether you've heard of them or not. Is is, is particularly
12: important? Well, you know, Brent, Brendan Rodgers had employed Chris Davies previously, but the point about Gavin Strachan is that a lot of Celtic fans think that he is just there because Peter Lowell is mates with his dad and I'm asking you what are his achievements in the game put it this way he replaced Damien Duff Damien Duff was a top class player in his prime World Cups Champions Leagues won the English Premier League title the players would have respected Damien Duff I'm asking you do you think Gavin Strachan coming and replacing you, they're going to respect him just because he's Gordon Strachan's son I don't. where, where so is there. this
6: question where, where is the question coming from let's find you're trying to suggest that Celtic's woes at the moment are Strachan. Gavin Strachan's fault Is
12: that is that where we're going with this? The, the problems with Celtic right now And I came on after the versus game And I said Neil Lennon was not a progressive modern manager And I stand by that John Kennedy has been the Celtic's his entire life We have been very loyal to John Kennedy and He's been loyal to us But at some point you need to freshen things up He's been a coach for seven years And I know he's not the defensive coach But we keep making the same defensive mistakes We keep losing the same silly goals Conor Goldson-Header, the first goal against Milan on Thursday What is being done to improve this? This is basic stuff And I'm asking, what are the coaches and the management doing To justify their wages If they can't even get the basics right?
1: Well, when Celtic uh, Approached the match against Rangers They had won the previous eight games on the bounce uh, So Did the, the rot start With the Rangers game?
12: Celtic from day one this season Saying we played bad But you can't hang your hat on that
1: now I'm wondering where you're hanging your hat You know I, I can tell that you've had a very Very bad week uh, And you've come on and you've started with Alfredo Morelos which is, is Absolutely nothing to do with Celtic um, And then you've gone to Gavin Strachan and the, the fact That you didn't know Gordon Strachan had children um, you, you, you said By your own admission you were clutching at Straws uh, You know, Celtic haven't been playing well this season At all uh, and tomorrow is a massive game for them. I, I just think that you're approaching it in a fashion that is insulting.
6: Right, let's try and boil it down to something close to a serious point, Gordon. Um, because beneath the the criticism that Hugh thought was unfair and, and beyond the Alfredo Morelos thing, if Celtic aren't in good form, the manager and the coaching staff can take a portion of the blame for that. It, is there more that can be done in terms of the way their team are being set up tactically should they be doing something different are they picking the right players these are all at least relevant questions when you're analysing a team's yeah that's the
5: that's the debates we've been getting Gordon over the last uh, what six seven days after a game Um, they changed to a back four the other night there and they looked more comfortable it's up to the, the management team. I, I, th- I don't think they take a bit of responsibility. It is their responsibility. OK, I think players go off lightly nowadays, but as you as a manager, you pick the team, the tactics, substitutions, set plays with your coaching staffs, you analyse the opposition, you do your homework. So the responsibility lies at your door as a manager of any club because you are the guy that's in control of it. Yeah. So they've got to go there, but... Going back to Whether you think Someone's a good Jerry's talking about uh, Gavin Strachan uh, About his coaching He's probably never seen Gavin Strachan coaching So he's talking Absolute nonsense But At the end of the day Neil Lennon Stands and falls By his decision With his coaching staff
6: Alright we'll leave it there Thanks to Jerry On the line 01419511025 Good time to get your call in Because we could be speaking To you next
1: After they play
0: your say 0141 951 1025 Clyde one super scoreboards open line
6: Hugh Keevans Gordon Diehl and Alex Rear in the studio they're waiting to take your calls on the usual number or twitter at Clyde SSB and never let it be said that Saturday's phone-in is not full of incident (laughs) we started talking about (laughs) bargain buckets from KFC we've gone on we've covered Alfredo Morelos Craig White Gordon Strachan's children—it's—it's it's all there on a Saturday evening. So get your call in, 0141 951 1025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's go straight back to the phones, shall we? In fact, just a bit of news this afternoon. Nothing to suggest this is going to have a knock-on effect, and clearly we hope it won't. Uh, but one of Standard Liège's players who test has tested positive for coronavirus. Now he started against Rangers. On Thursday um, I don't know Hugh Evans, I am not going to do My Jason Leach impersonation I, I don't recall Many examples of Transmission From one player To another On mm. the opposite team um, But just one Perhaps to, to keep an eye on I, I hope he wasn't Up close and personal as, At that bust up yeah, At the, the end, end
1: yeah. Well when Players Either International players Or club players At a European competition When they are Going from country to country At a time like this That is the risk that you run Uh, You're going into a different environment Um, It applies To the standard Liège players When they come to Glasgow It is part of what's going on So we can only hope that uh, He is an, an isolated example And that neither The rest of the standard Liège players Nor any Rangers player Has been involved in transmission
6: Yeah that's just one to keep an eye on Like I say there's no real suggestion That it's going to have a major um, impact on, on Rangers but it is one to look out for 01419511025 on the phones let's see who we've got we've got Craig who's on he's a Rangers fan what have you got for us tonight Craig
10: hi uh, Gordon hi panel um, hi well you know first and foremost before I move on to tomorrow's game I have to say that the previous call you had I'm sorry but to me I that's yes i has not been goal scoring wise in the best form he's ever been in um, I think he's taken on a bit of a different role. Though. I do think he has had an impact in games. He's created. He's not done enough, and I think he still needs to improve. But actually, when I look at it, the difference between Rangers and Celtic is that we've got one striker who's not playing well. They've got at least three who are not currently firing at all right now. You know, even Edward, the guy who's meant to be worth, you know, up to thirty million pounds, has, by Lennon's own admission, not been playing, playing well. You know, so in that respect, I think. You know, as I said, it comes to tomorrow. I would be playing Kemar Roof tomorrow if I was Gerard because I think he deserves a start, not just because he you know, scoring one of the best goals you're likely to see all season. Um at, you know, in midweek, but also any time he has played, as I say, I think he's been in decent form. Um obviously he did pick up a knock but he's back fit, which is good. Cedric Keaton, again another player who, you know, despite a, a minor knock um earlier in the season, also is starting to play well and add goals. You know, Jermaine Defoe, you know that um, that's a guy who's guaranteed to get you at least, you know, 10 goals a season. He's more than able to do it. And I think that's why when I look at the games tomorrow, I really think as long as Rangers go and do their jobs and win a game at Ibrox against the Vervington side, that although they drew with them at Almondville, we're not playing on this 3G surface that they've got anymore. We're playing at Ibrox. That should be a comfortable one. You do that, let the Celtic game take care of itself. They're not in good form. Aberdeen over the last years though haven't performed against Celtic often enough. But if they do, I think Celtic could be in trouble unless they change it. Unless somehow you know the strikers find the form that I think they're lacking right now. Uh, and I think that's the difference with Rangers and Celtic. You know, yeah. not clear yeah, I mean, that Rangers have three strikers in form. Celtic have got three that are not in form.
6: Well, just in, in fairness, just, just to balance things up a little bit, yeah. if you've got Eduard, Ayeti, and Griffiths out of form when we've not really seen much of them, I'm not sure how you can say Eten and Defoe and Roof are in form when we've seen similarly not a lot of them either. But I don't think we have to go tit for tat all night on it. Um, Alex,
7: Yeah,
6: I think tomorrow Craig would play Kamar Roof. Now, I think tomorrow is not. Necessarily up for debate because Stephen Gerrard seems to have suggested that he's still lacking in fitness, and, and you agree, and you yeah, think it will be Morelos. Let, let's let's look say a week in the distance, two weeks in the distance. I know you th- you think Morelos is is performing okay, doing a different function within the team. But are we getting closer To the time When when Kamal Roof Takes his place In the team If things were to keep going In this trajectory
7: Possibly Gordon However what I would say is I think when Stephen Gerrard Was asked some questions Yesterday about his Striking options He actually says That Roof can actually Play as a two
6: Play off a side Yeah
7: absolutely he can, he can go and play as a two But at 100% I just feel as if He's not up to speed yet And uh, I would be going With Morelos Purely for the point of view As he's played All the most recent games He will be more up to speed Try and get A uh, couple of early goals And then finally in the guys who need the extra minutes just to try and get roof closer to Morelos. But you know, Alfredo has scored five goals in thirteen games. Gordon, his general all round play could be better at times, but he does such a good job within the actual shape. And when you factor in, I think there's been fourteen different scorers other than Morelos, and I think that's a key difference from last year to this year.
5: Yeah, I think you make uh, yeah you make a great point there, Alec, about. People look at Morelis and think, right, he's not scoring goals. Oh, his form's dipped. I think he actually is playing very well. I take on board their point about his touch the other night was poor. He could have got himself a couple of goals. But as a coach and you're looking at him, the Rangers manager be looking thinking, his positional play is good. He's creating space and opportunity for other players who didn't score uh, last season. It was all down to Morelis all of a sudden it looks like a team outfit now instead of depending on one player morelos mm. and i think morelos is a big part of that so i'm not buying into the people that could he's cause, down tools not that ah, he's down, down tools not that chance. and he's not doing this and he's not i think he's become a very important Integral part, part yep. of that team
6: uh, Craig do you agree do you think uh, and by the way i don't think there's any suggestion apart from jerry perhaps that um that he's down tools but do you agree with the guys that he's playing very well at the moment
10: I do, you know, like I say Yeah, he's not scoring uh, the goals as, as, you know, fluently or frequently As he was um, this time last season But he's he's adopted a different role And I think that's good And it's good when you're not having to rely On the line player, you know, for too long The Rangers had to rely on But mm-hmm. lost a bit of man to get the goals Now they're coming for other areas of the park Arfield scoring Kent is in wonderful form You've got... Tavernier's um, frightening Tavernier as well, exactly You know, uh, Goldson gets both goals in the old Fulham game, he's defending at times, has not being great. but in that respect, it's a real team effort. And I think I think when I look at Rangers and I look, I just think right now I feel as though, and I might be wrong, and the panel might disagree, I feel as though Steven Gerrard trusts every single one of his players. I'm not convinced that Neil Wrenin trusts every one of his players right now. And that's a problem in itself, but I think that, that's the positive for Rangers. Gerrard trusts that if he has a player out, and he has to bring a backup in He trusts that he knows His backup's going to do More than an able job To cover for that And that's what's been happening so far Now form can dip And it can come up But I think that's the real difference When it's back against the wall When players are out We've got players that Gerard can trust To come on and do a job I, I just don't know when And trust his backup players well, he'd, That he'd, I think's the difference
1: After the Barros game When he had his outburst And said that People wanted to leave the club And, and that he was of the opinion They should just go if that's how they felt. So clearly, um, Neil Lennon and some of his players were not seeing eye to eye at that particular time. The 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 intrigue about tomorrow's match at Pataudry for me is that over the last week, Celtic have lost to Rangers. As I say, any Scottish team can lose to the team at the top of Serie A. That's not the big deal. The big deal was that within the course of that game, again, there were defensive lapses from Celtic. Now, tomorrow, they have no margin for error at Pataudry. You, Craig, and all the other Rangers fans will be uh, looking at that game and hoping that Derek McInnes and Aberdeen can do you a favour. Celtic go there under pressure. This club that has won 11 domestic trophies in a row for the first time in four years, there's a a bit of pressure on them early in the season in the, the context of the league title race. And Celtic really have to win at Pataudri tomorrow. If anything goes wrong, it's a big boost for Rangers ahead of their match with Livingston.
6: Uh, thanks a lot to Craig. Just on that then, uh, Alex, there has been a lot of talk about kind of ready-made replacements and all the rest of it. What would your predictions be, if you like, is tomorrow a day for... Joe Aribo For Stephen Davis I think we know Calvin Bassey Probably will Given Borna Barisic's situation
7: I think Stephen Davis Is possibly the one That possibly could change uh, Gordon Uh, It depends on how offensive He wants to be Are you going to play Jack and Davis uh, And then sacrifice A Kamara or Arfield I think they've all been Playing brilliantly Uh, For me it potentially Could be the right hand side Whether Hadji starts again I know he's chosen uh, Brandon Barker In recent weeks as well To play that position But just come back again to the boy Bassi Because you're not quite sure what you're actually going to get He's had a few cameos Gordon I actually thought he was magnificent uh, A proper athlete busting up and down that, that left hand side I thought he was absolutely excellent was that, The boy Bassi When he came on for uh, Barisic I thought he was absolutely excellent Because he was. Yeah. He, considering you got him for nothing
6: Okay let's hear from some of today's managers We'll get back to previewing tomorrow's games very soon As a goalless draw unfortunately Between St Johnson and Dundee United These are the thoughts of Callum Davidson
3: I think after 10 minutes I think we settled down, I thought we played really well, I thought we created good opportunities, I uh, wouldn't say half chances. Pleasing for me was how we dealt with their, their front three, I think it's a potent front three, you know, uh, a lot of experience, a lot of goals between them. And I think we, we limited them to no shots on target today, so uh, that side I was really pleased with. On the attacking side, you, know, you dominated the game for the 80 minutes. Again, for me, I, I've been here a few times this season and we've lost the game 1-0. Uh, but I'm really frustrated we didn't. For the lads, we didn't take the three points. Yeah, I thought he, yeah, I thought he produced two or three really top-class saves today. Uh, I think the head at the end, I think David's. I think it was a deflected shot as well. I think he's pulled off a great save. They've kept him in the game. You know, that's what he's sort of paid for. And another day we might have scored two or three and won the game comfortably. Uh, but again, I'd rather take that type of performance and that type of energy level for the full 90 minutes.
6: Callum Davidson there up against Mickey Mellon this afternoon.
11: We've worked very hard on the defensive side of things and we're, we're, we, as of up to day I'm loath to speak to soon because you know that's late. we're all very superstitious in football but no up to this point the hard work that we've been putting in um, over the last few weeks anyway has come to fruition. We, we want to get better at, and I, and I, I understand as we maybe come out of that defending or when we have the ball ourselves. We're a talent of the front three that we have. who will get fitter by the way Mark McNulty's probably not fully fit yet but he showed in, in, in good spells today how, how dangerous he's going to be. We need to get better at that first pass, or or, or find the runs of, of of that front three, or they have to retain it a little bit better. But in order to do that, you have to get the platform right, and the platform comes from defending properly.
6: Okay, we're going to hear from more of today's managers between now and six o'clock. A good one for Motherwell. Also, it was interesting to hear what Stephen Robinson. I had to say, we are building up to tomorrow's action as well. Let's bring in Laurie, who's in Denison. Hi, Laurie.
13: I, first and foremost, uh, Hugh and I have sparred with e- each other verbally for the best part of 25 years in these programmes. Tonight, I have to admit, Hugh, you yeah. got it right. I was spectacularly wrong uh, in my prediction about the and Rangers game. I, I had used a light-hearted metaphor uh, describing Stephen Gerrard I, scraping about but, uh, basements, uh, looking for bargain buys, etc. And uh, we were comprehensively beaten uh, last Saturday uh, again, strangers. No excuses, no hardlock stories, no alibis. We were gubbed, well and truly. Uh, I'm not going to use the out that a lot of my fellow fans uh, have resorted to about the absentees caused by COVID-19 simply because Celtic have assembled a squad that has cost three times that uh, of Rangers under Stephen Gerrard. Uh, against Milan the other night there, uh, I saw some encouraging signs in the second half uh, with the performances of Rogic and Christie. Uh, they played with a wee bit more urgency and a wee bit more kind uh, pace uh, up front. But uh, I have serious concerns uh, about the defence, in particular, the big centre-half, Duffy, who looks well off the pace. I don't know if it's lack of game, game time. And I think that uh, the Greek goalkeeper uh, fails to inspire any confidence whatsoever. Uh, he doesn't come off his line. He, 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 he lacks authority in commanding his box. Uh, and to be quite honest with you, I, I think that Neil Lennon I should reinstate... Scott Bain and the goal. The panel's thoughts.
1: It would be a dreadful admission uh, if you left out your five million pound goalkeeper and brought in Scott Bain. It would it would cast doubt on uh, your player recruitment. Um, however, Laurie, I do agree with you that uh, Barkas simply does not look convincing and uh, looks as if he could cost you the game at any point. Duffy is a mystery. Because as Gordon Diel has said in the programme today He has played at the highest level of English football A level that is much higher than you'll find in this country And for whatever reason, after a promising start He has lost his way And at Aberdeen tomorrow Celtic badly need the goalkeeper To rediscover some kind of form Show some kind of command They also need Duffy to show 90 minutes worth of concentration uh, and they need Ayer to come to the fore as well the vulnerability is at the back for Celtic middle to front they have the talent Rogic and Christie should both have a part to play tomorrow but the vulnerability for me Laurie is undoubtedly at the back goalkeeper and the back line whether it's three in number or four I just... Gordon,
6: I'm interested in the focus on on Barca's, I don't think mm. anyone could could argue and say that he's been he's been brilliant. You know, cl- clearly hasn't. But I wonder if it's now become it's now become a thing that that Barca's Barca's is dodgy, and you then start looking for it, and, and you start apportioning blame to him where actually uh, he's maybe not done much wrong. I, I mean, I feel like I feel like the criticism of him has intensified since Thursday. Yet when you look at the goals on Thursday, could he could he really have done? No, a, I'm a great not. Deal I, more? I
5: don't. I'm not giving them a lot of blame uh, for Thursday, Gordon. Um, he's a, a lad that's come in He's playing different style of football He's a new club And instead of hitting the ground running He's not And all of a sudden your confidence doesn't matter if you're a £5 million player Or you're a fifty million player If you've not got that confidence Especially at a club like Celtic Then you come under a little bit of pressure Because you're scrutinised right away And it's a very important year this year for Celtic Obviously going for 10 in a row I think it's a massive call for Neil Lennon because right now he's not putting a lot of confidence into Celtic supporters, and I'm sure secretly he's not putting a lot of confidence in Neil Lennon, the the, mm. the back men of Celtic yeah. who are not helping them. Let's be honest. But so it's one of those cases. Do you stick with them start and tomorrow? Does yeah, I, th- I do agree. I think he will, but I think he needs a good game, Alec. You know he needs yeah, a couple of good game. saves. Yeah, a couple of good saves. Get that convert. He's he just looks like a guy just now that's is a little bit edgy. But that changes football changes. Yeah, I think Celtic have got the talent and the character. And it's not you can name about their back three. You'll need to do this and somebody'll need to do that. I think collectively as a team, if Celtic can get it together tomorrow, they'll win at Petardre. I have no doubt in that.
6: Well, Laurie, you've certainly set up a nice debate. Thank you very much to Laurie and Dennison. We're running a bit late, so we're going to take a breather and then we'll take more of your calls next.
0: The games are over. The talking begins. 0141 951 1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard's open line.
6: Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One mm. Super Scoreboard. Alex Ray, Gordon DL and Hugh Kevins in the studio. Still time to get your calls in. We're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. We're building up to a big day tomorrow. It all kicks off at noon up at Petaudry, Aberdeen against Celtic. And then at three o'clock, Ibrox Rangers taking on Livingston. So the psychology will be interesting. Celtic, can they close the gap temporarily? And if not, then Rangers will be handed a big boost ahead of that game. Make sure you join us then. As for today's Premiership action, uh, lots to get our teeth stuck into. We, We sort of built it up, we hoped. It would be... Game of the day, but uh, it didn't quite work out that way. It was a, a good victory for Hibbs, though. You have to say their good runs continued. kilmarnock
4: against Hibbs. I think, no. uh, I hope we can hear the thoughts of Jack Ross. You come in by changing room, you'll we'll see how happy a place that is because um, it's not easy winning here, and we did that and we played really well last week and created umpteen opportunities and drew the game. But today we had to tough it out and, and we did it, and yeah, really, really pleased with that group. I think that's a sign how far they have came. That. They can come here and then um, tough a game out later. Yeah, it's a it's been a, another new challenge for me as a manager because um, I think when you're a young coach of manager coming through the game, it's became much less of a trend um, to play with two strikers and there's only certain formations that enable you to do so. And we've used both. Um, but you have to work hard at other aspects of it and we constantly reinforce that enable that for us to play that way we need to, to make sure we utilise it properly and equally then the strikers need to play well um, so at the moment what they're giving us performance level and goal return is justifying playing that way and that's important as long as that continues then we'll, we'll understand that there's going to be times we have to give up certain areas of the pitch but we realise that and I think we go into the game clear-headed in that respect and they say the strikers... I thought Christian was brilliant, today. I thought Christian was really, really good, and he's Kevin will grab headlines because he scores a winner but I thought Christian was excellent. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it now, I must admit that for a manager as soon as one game ends the thoughts always turn to the next game irrespective of the competition and opposition but this is a brilliant week for us, it's, it's, to have a clear week ahead of it um, and knowing the, the, the magnitude of the game on Saturday, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it I've got a group of players in there I think on the back of today, right away are excited by it, you the rest over the next you know, day or so, but then we'll be buying at it ready to go and said when it comes around I've got a group that unfortunately I think I'm a group that are the best possible frame of mind giving that type again.
6: They've played two games more than Celtic and Aberdeen, so it's a bit difficult to get hung up too much on actual league positions. But for Hibs to have played twelve and have twenty four points on the board, mm-hmm. Hugh, it's been a really, really solid start to the season, mm-hmm. hasn't it?
1: Jack Ross has made a terrific difference at Easter Road in a short space of time and I applaud him and I go back to the quote that I read attributed to Jack a few weeks ago when my team wins it's everyone's success when my team loses it's my fault that's the job of management summed up so Jack Ross can feel happy with his day's work he's got three points he's got them fortuitously because it was never a penalty
5: but Swings and roundabouts in football. Yeah, I do agree. I think he's doing a terrific job at Easter Road. Uh, you're looking at probably top four finish, even third. I think that'd be his ambition. And obviously that big game next week against Hearts, when again they they're probably odds-on favourites. But you never take anything away from a derby and count your chickens before. And uh, it'll be a difficult game, but. If Hibs play the way they can play They could be in the final
7: I think the important thing What he said there for me Was they were kind of like Dug it out It mm. wasn't pretty You know no. And it's about get grinding out results Particularly at Commander On that surface It was for two, two As you said to you know The penalty was never there But he'll not bother about that He's talking about the The, the, the platform to kick on sure. I think that's five wins In the last six So you know They're in fine form
6: Yeah and what a week as well Building up to the The, the game in the cup Next weekend
7: yeah, Gordon I think the fact That you actually You leapfrog uh, At Aberdeen Into third place The players are buoyant As he said In the dressing room You know it's a really Happy dressing room He's mixed up a little bit As well today You know he's put in Stevie Marlin McGuinness is on the best He's actually got options Now as well And I like their buoyantness, But that's eight goals Already
1: Hugh So oh. he's looking to be Maybe hitting around About the 20-25 mark And Jack will be reminded Gordon All week long That Hibs have never Beaten hearts At Hamden <laughs> In a Scottish Cup tie So Right I'm I'm, know, now, with, I'm uh,
6: interested I'm interested in this stat Because you keep using it You clearly like it How many times have they played? That I can't tell you
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because I've got a funny feeling That it's only a couple No, no, no no, I'll I'll look it up Yeah, you can look it up But uh, you know It it will be another feather in his cap If he can beat Hearts And to be honest He ought to beat Hearts And to get to the final Whether it's Celtic or Aberdeen uh, So it's a big feather in his cap If he can get to the final
6: Okay, one of the happier managers going about today will be Stephen Robinson, a 4 0 win against Ross County. Here's what he had to say.
8: I think the circumstances in which we won, you know, we've we've actually got seven defenders missing now. If I include young David Devine and that, who's was on the bench today, but he's not playing for three months, you know, he's only trained a week. Um, and then two goalkeepers now with Foxy and now Trevor as well. So, and then circumstances not playing for a month, you know, I have to say the credit to the players and the coaching staff for the fitness levels they've come back with because. You can put sessions on, players have to apply themselves and we've got a group of boys that, that do that consistently and they've they've been able to maintain their fitness levels and shortness. Performance, you know, got their, their just rewards. Yeah, I think all, all three of the forward players, as I said longy, you know, didn't score but their the playing position has been quite narrow with it. I think everybody knows I, I like four three three. We went to three five two just to steady the ship a wee bit, get a couple of results, but um you know it gives us options. If your forward players are getting a hold of the ball and, and playing as as Tony Watt did today especially then it gives you a real foothold in the game and you know I have to say credit to them. For me the outstanding performance. You know, Mark O'Hara was asked to play in a position today, um to deal with Ross Stewart, you know, a bit of physicality and, and he did and he's an unsung hero, gets on with it, not giving the credit he, he deserves and, and Tony was was unplayable. If he stays as fit as we've got him now, he's a very good footballer. Is
3: that's that the style. best you've seen him play?
8: Um that's the best all round performance when he come, he wasn't fit enough, he told me he was Told me he's fit enough pre-season. He wasn't, um, and now we've finally, I'm sure, really admit that we've got him to the levels of fitness that allows his talent to shine. And it's now just keeping him in the team, keeping him fit, keeping him pushing himself. He's um, a very, very good footballer. There's never really been any doubt about that. So we're pleased. From he's a he's a good boy as well, and he's bought into what we're trying to do. And you know he's a big asset for us at the moment.
6: He's a happy man, Hugh Evans, and it's easy to understand why.
1: Yeah, um I'm particularly interested in what he had to say about Tony Watt there. Everyone knows the Tony Watt story, the the boy who scores against Barcelona for Celtic, uh and then goes around the world playing football. But Tony Watt to hear Stephen Robertson speak of him in those terms and say if he keeps up that level of fitness, uh you know, he's going to be a very special player for Motherwell and a, you know the manager must be very excited by that prospect. Gordon?
5: Yeah I can't, I can't disagree I think the one thing I'll say about Tony Watt Is as an experienced player And the clubs he's played with Coming to Motherwell, sitting on the bench You can get frustrated uh, But he's waited his time Gordon He's worked on his fitness as a manager Has said there in his interview And he's taken his chance He's a big player for Motherwell And he's been a terrific signing there
6: Yeah Alex to be described yeah. as unplayable by your manager That gives you a wee boost I would imagine Gordon,
7: when he's on when he's on song, he's really powerful, he's dynamic and he can get amongst the goals, you know, he's only got three goals so far but, you know, he'll be looking to try and kind of make a big impact, and the reason being is because of the options, as we mentioned, Elion Lang and uh, Cole, uh, you know, there's guys in there that are going to make an impact Gordon at the top end of the pitch, so when he gets that opportunity and scoring like today, today's confidence the world of good.
6: Yeah, I mean, a lot was made, Murdoch hadn't played in a month and had their Defensive problems Before the game They then lose Trevor Carson So all it just all adds up To a good afternoon Doesn't
7: it It's a brilliant afternoon Gordon because it's a valuable Three points They'll be looking to try And get into that top six uh, And obviously They've got a couple of games In hand as well On some teams So you know It's it's up for grabs And I just think With the personnel As I said uh, Up the top end of the pitch Gallagher O'Donnell uh, Was it Mugabe They've got guys That are actually decent uh, Defensively as well And if you can get Carson back uh, In the sticks I think Top six all day long
6: Okay let's leave it there uh, Start with you Alex um, Give us your brief thoughts on, on tomorrow And everything that's to be expected
7: uh, I think Aberdeen uh, can nick something Against Celtic Gordon, purely Because Celtic are not in great form at the moment And uh, they'll be buoyed by the 4-0 win And I think it'll be a comfortable win for Rangers I,
5: I think a lot of people Have been in the same mindset as Alec uh, I'm completely different I don't think your Celtic and champions and the players and the squad that they've got I know they're going through a bad time I think they'll go up to Petaudry and I think they'll get a result Alex has
6: taken two goals off Hamilton Ackies, but I'll, I'll let you away with that Sorry. it's been a long afternoon about, um, it was 4-2 the other night yeah, yeah. what about the other game you two?
7: Yeah, what about the the Rangers game? I I, I think Rangers will uh, win comfortable tomorrow. Oh, well,
5: I've no I've no doubt that uh, Rangers will pick up three points at Ibrox. So it's just uh, if Livingston can keep score down, because I think Rangers are playing too well. But I do believe that the the two teams from Glasgow, Celtic and Rangers, will pick up three points.
1: You can even see us out. Rangers have had an exhilarating week. They have won back-to-back at Celtic Park for the first time in 25 years. They have gone to Belgium, beaten Standard Liège and scored a goal that is the talk of Europe. Celtic have had a miserable week. They have lost to Rangers and they have then lost to AC Milan. That can happen, but defensive frailty is there. It has been a miserable time for them. I can only summarise it tomorrow by saying they have got to go from misery to happiness. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs)
6: <laughs> Try following that Right there is a big game Two big games tomorrow Aberdeen against Celtic First up We're on air at quarter to twelve So make sure you join us We're there right through to six Covering that Rangers game At three o'clock as well Thanks for your company This afternoon Great way to enjoy Your weekend up next It's Mr George Bowie And the GBX